Hi, this is Julia Dozier, author, educator, and champion for Black love. Thank you for joining show host Quentin Ford and I as we discuss love in the Black community using the newest book release entitled Crown Rules 2, King, How Black Men Love. The book is an investigative case study into the meaning, experience, and perspective of love held by the 10 Black men interviewed for the book. Each week, Quentin and I will delve into one of the 13 questions asked of each man, and we invite you, our listeners, to take the journey along with us as you answer the questions for yourselves, such as, who was your first example of love? What type of love do you need or desire? Or, what's your favorite love song and why? It's going to be an amazing opportunity to reflect on the meaning and importance of love in our lives, to maybe set some new intentions about our relationships, and also kind of figure out ways to take our affection for each other to the next level. For our male listeners, it is our hope that you will receive connection, validity, and truth concerning your own loving nature. For our female listeners, we welcome you to connect to the cornerstones of intimacy that will be revealed and that any myths or illusions regarding how to earn, win, or keep a man may be dispelled. Listen, black love matters. So sit back, relax, and let's talk. Crown rules. Facebook, YouTube, and Periscope, as well as our other uh, podcasting uh, channels as well. And uh, we have week three of Crown Rules, How Do Black Men Love? And we are, even though it's week three, we're on question two. Um, what's up, Jules? Nothing much, Quincy. How are you doing this evening? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, you know, I, I was having a little bit of computer problems. I'm on my... Um, I'm on my uh, Chromebook and it's and it's, it's it's on Wi-Fi, so if we have any problems, definitely blame me because that was bad. Because like I told you behind the scenes, I was just on my computer, but I shut it down for a second and 
came back and it was out of whack. But anyway, even though we are on week three of your show, we are on week two of the questions. Yes. And the question was, what does love mean to you? Um, Yes. I did a lot of reading in the book and um, I got a lot of one one guy said love meant energy. Yes. Yes. It is an energy. He said it, it meant energy. Huh? He said it meant energy. What do you think about that? Well, I kind of agree with all of them or what they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, for purposes, we'll just go through them. One, I know one guy said love meant energy. One meant mm-hmm. commitment. Sacrifice. Um, it has to be sacrifice. He said he was he was uh, emphasized that word, unconditional support and transparency with that support. Yes, yes. Mom said, mom said it means work. Mom's in the chat. She said it means work. <laughs> it, yeah, does. it does mean work. Um, what one of the one of the brothers that I did find interesting was he brought up he brought up an issue. And he said, love means strength, weaknesses, and faults. Yes, accepting those. I think that a lot of times we may be in the situation where, yeah, um, I love somebody, but I don't love their faults. I don't love them unconditionally. Because even to, to even go retrospect in the, towards the end, um, he was one of the brothers said, love meant God and God is love. And he said, even with God's love, it comes with conditions. So I'm not saying either one of them are conflicting, but one said love is unconditional and one said it's conditional. What what did you think about it? I didn't didn't look at your response from those answers. I I purposely did that because of the show. Okay. (laughs) Thanks, Quentin. Um, You know, my position is that I always think that, you know, everyone's opinion is based on their personal experience and their personal understanding of love. I think that love is both conditional and unconditional. Um, I agree with our gentleman in the book who said that, you know, we have to be uh, willing to accept someone's flaws and all their faults as well, um, their strengths as well as their weaknesses. And it's important because we don't, if we decide that we are in love with someone and we do love someone, we can't pick and choose the pieces of them that we will love and the pieces of them that they won't. They're a total person. Um, I think, you know, to what um, has been said in the chat, it takes work. It takes work. Like, how are you going to address or come to agreement or peace on the things that you don't like? Is there an opportunity to improve those things or do will you just accept them? So um, I do think that there it's unconditional in that sense. And then I also think it's conditional in the sense that if the things that are your flaws or your faults, compromise me as an individual, then I have some conditions with that. <laughs> you know? That means you gotta think- love that means you gotta love them from afar. And that means far away. <laughs> right. Right. It does have conditions. It's like you were talking about um 
the, the week before where you said, you know, you had to make the decision between um, going from being selfless to being selfish. You have to you have to decide what mean love means to you. And, and it's different for different people. For different people that you interact with, I, I noticed that in one of the one of the brothers when he when you asked him the questions, he was talking about how like he loved the individual that he was with more than he loved himself. He tied his happiness with that individual, and this is a lot. This goes to a lot of the problems that we have in relationships, is because we'll bend over backwards to make someone else happy because we love them. And then our happiness gets sacrificed in the long run. And it's not a build thing. It's more of a subtracting thing. Absolutely. And I think what what he what he specifically exposed is something that I hope that everybody can connect to is that he believed at one time that his partner's happiness was going to be his own happiness. And so he expended a lot of energy, a lot of time into trying to make sure that she was happy. The problem he identified is that she wasn't putting in that much energy herself to make sure that she was attending to her own happiness and she wasn't contributing to the relationship as much as he was. And I usually, um, whenever I hear a man say happy wife, happy life, I like immediately put my foot down because, <laughs> you know, you as a brother deserve to be happy too. And, you know, your happiness should not be dependent upon mm -hmm. how someone else is feeling. They should be making sure that they're creating that happiness for themselves and that you together as a team or as a couple are creating that happiness for each other. Yeah. Your cousin Helena said, love means someone wanting you as much as you want them. Um... Absolutely. There, um, there are three components. There, there's uh, one theory about love that includes three components. So it's that attraction, it's the passion, but then it's also the commitment. And that in the absence of, of, of the commitment and the, and the decision to meet someone's needs or desires or to support them and encourage them, that all you have is attraction. So it's a noun and a verb. Yes. Yes. It's D a noun and a verb. <laughs> DKB DK said love is unconditional. It's the relationship that takes work. It goes back to goes back to the theory that the brother had in the one book where he said it, it, it's unconditional. Which right. is which is interesting because a lot of times a person you know, they'll, they'll, I've, we've seen instances where people say, I love you. I love you so much and I'm willing to walk away from you until you get yourself together. Now, that's based upon them, what they consider, how they consider that to be true love or love. I, I believe that everybody um, has their own example and ways of, and we'll discuss it further in the book of ways to show love, which is the next question. But yes. um, def definitely, um one of the things he said that he said that love was understanding kindness yeah. and, bl and blameless 
It is. Um, I think that that person in the book was specifically referencing first um, Corinthians 13, which talks about all of these things that love is right. That love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't hold fault. Fault is forgiving. Pure love does that. I think when it comes to relationship, though, when it comes to relationship where there like might be commitments missed or there might be heartbreaks. Mm -hmm. or there might be promises that are broken that it can those things can create barriers to that love being unconditional at that point right like if you give a person too much to have to forgive how easy are they going to be able to give you all of that love how patient can they be <laughs> I'm gonna just reread for the chat and and for uh, my purposes. I um I marked me the marking in the book. Okay, and gotcha. You asked this individual what did love mean, and this was charm. Okay, and um, one of my favorites. Um, he said, "He said, wow, that's deep. Love to me means being there for someone when they really are into you." being there for someone when they can't be there for themselves encouraging them to want to do better love to me means embracing somebody and guiding them in the right direction and telling them the truth even though it hurts to me love means to embrace somebody and nurture them and respect them and honor them and worship them i don't believe love is obeying obeying signs sounds kind of crazy to me I think kids should obey their parents, but when it comes to a man and a woman, obeying each other sounds kind of, um, that's a hard word for me to respect. When somebody tells me to obey, I feel like you're trying to have me in bondage or something like that. I'm just not really in with that word. It's uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Loving, loving somebody is making me feel special. Mm-hmm. Loving somebody to me doesn't have anything to do with Fine with a financial standpoint, it's more of a spiritual standpoint. Yes, yes, that connection. What so? What did you think about that, Quentin? It goes back to the. It goes back to the the energy thing. Um, like I said, nobody. This is everybody's different viewpoints, but I think that I think that when a person loves somebody, they are they should be willing to make uh, sacrifices. Um commitments showing up um i think that one of the unique things about relationships is just being there um you know being there in those difficult times when when a person's not really feeling themselves uh or or they may be going through some type of stuff with self-doubt that's when that's when they need that that encouragement um that 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 they need that love. Like, you know, everybody, you know the phrase we got, show me love, show me love. It could be a hug. It could just be anything, but they be like, show me love. So it's an interesting thing. Um, one, of the, one of the people said uh, real people, compromises, energy, being present is important. I mean, nobody, nobody in the chat that's watching, we appreciate you guys. It's no wrong answer. It's just a different perspective and different words that we choose to use to um, say what love is or an example of love. So don't feel like what you're saying is wrong. I'm just reading them um, as they come and trying to put them up on the on the screen. But I, I noticed I did I did make a note of something. Sure. Uh, what did you find? 
And you know, I always got to throw a wrench in the game, right? <laughs> throw a wrench in it. I have a few wrenches too. <laughs> uh -oh, uh -oh, uh -oh. This was interesting. This was you. What did I say? And I want to ask you about this, what you said. Okay. I started this out as wanting to interview men in general. But then I was like, mm, I care about my race right now. We're living in a space and time where black men are being just brutalized, just brutalized. And then when they are not being brutalized by police or not being brutalized by each other, they're being brutalized by women who are supposed to love them. Yes. And society has twisted things to the extent that there are women out here who, who are saying that they don't need a man. Yeah. Could you explain that? Where did that come from? Because honestly, when I was reading that through me, even though I know that side of you, um, yes, supportive you are of of the men in your life, the men you come across, you've been supportive since I've met you uh, towards me. I just think that when you when I read it in the book, I was like, boom, wow, <laughs> uh, uh, you know. Um, so what what made you? Um, I see you said like you know when you started out the book to just. It took on a different um, uh, purpose, so to say. It did. Um, I think that we as a culture have had a very difficult time overall in terms of how we conduct loving relationships with one another. I think that, you know, aside from economy, which kind of drives, you know, interdependence or dependence in relationship and outside of, you know, racism and things of that nature, that we have not necessarily been able to learn how to love. There's a skill and there's an art and there's a science to it, right? And I think what has happened, especially over the last like 10 to 15 years, as I've seen women in my age group, women younger than me, and even women older than me, is that there are more women who are single than there are women who are married. Mm. Um, I have um, within my age group, let's say 35 to 45, there are women who have not only never been married, but have never been engaged. And, you know, to me, that that signifies that there's problems with, with what we're looking for, how we're able to acquire it and then how we're able to maintain it. And I think that to a certain degree, women have a certain frustration about not being able to find, develop, and nurture loving relationships with Black men for whatever the reasons may be. And I know I've been seeing it in a, in the chat a lot lately that, you know, I don't, I don't want to say his name, but there's a family feud host who wrote a book about, you know, um, thinking like a lady, but acting like a man, like a woman doesn't need to act like a man. And we don't need tips on how not to be played. We are instinctual creatures. So we know when something is right or something is, is wrong. So we don't need that advice. What we need to kind of understand is like what's happening with our men that's not allowing us to have those relationships. 
And, you know, a lot of it has to do with, I think, addictions to me when you're not when you're not satisfied with like your condition of life, maybe your your earning potential or maybe how you're being treated at the job. Or maybe you find barriers as you're trying to do different things for yourself to improve your quality of life. And I'm talking from a black man's perspective. Then how do you satisfy that? You satisfy that by finding pleasure. Let me, let me ask you one of the things I know we, we always uh, we always talk frequently and we are on the same page. But one of the things that I wanted to ask you um, during the show is what is your viewpoint on the battle of the sexes. And, in and, what in what sense? In a dynamic where we're we are being pitted against each other. Um I mean to the sense that you know you get to a point where it's always a, a male always blaming the female for his his situation. Um and vice versa. Uh you know I was I saw a I saw a, a thread on Facebook and it was interesting they were talking about something that had nothing to do with the sexes. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the thread, it was black men did this and black women did this, black men did this. And this is why this is the, and it had nothing to do with the, the actual, um, the thread. What is, what is your viewpoint on that? And, and like with this book, because I, I, you know, Jewel, I've, like I've told you, I've, I've read a lot of books and, you know, those in the chat, I would really recommend that if you got young sons, like the age like 15 to 21, you should buy them this book. Not that you haven't had that conversation with them, but um, a lot of young men really don't express themselves. And I think that this book will give them a different um, perspective on relationships. It's a very, um, you know, I don't want you know pat Jules in the back, but this okay. is a... <laughs> It's a very, very good book. I've read a lot of books. I haven't really read a lot of relationship books, but I've read a lot. Um, mm-hmm. This book is really, really interesting. Um, it so getting thank the, you, getting, look, Jules, it getting the right hands. You got a bestseller coming. I'm telling you. I'm working I'm on it. I'm working on it. I don't know. If, look, we did this one, but I don't know if we should have did the first one first. But this one is, you know. We could do the second one second. <laughs> the first one second. But that's why I wrote the book, though, Quentin, because I think men don't have an opportunity to express themselves and their position and their viewpoint, you know, and, and the harm in all of these men who call themselves relationship coaches and who are out here giving women advice about relationships. They point out 20 negative things about men that that a woman should avoid. And it's like I understand it that, you know, it, the the need for it was created because there was an observation that a lot of young girls women grew up in homes without fathers and it's important to have a male presence right so usually what a male in a woman's life does is they protect her they nurture her but they also hip her to gain right Mm -hmm. so that she can protect herself in that way so i can see it from that sense but what they're doing is they're promoting this negative idea of how men are or who men are and that they're only looking for one thing and that they don't want anything else. And so um, as I 
was starting to work on the book and kind of thinking about, you know, the importance of presenting this for our culture. It's like we need to have an opportunity to get to the heart of black men and let them speak to that. And then the other purpose was like, you know, so for these 10 men, I think it was transformative for them because they got an opportunity to express things maybe they hadn't before. But for a male reader to see another man being able to express this, how could you not express what's in your heart as well? What's important to you as well? And I think that's the conversation that we need to, to be having. Not how mad I am at you, but what is it that you feel? What is it that you need? And how can we partner on that together? Yeah, that's that's why I didn't um I didn't read the book like it was a regular book from cover to cover. I basically just did each question for prep for the show. I said, let me just read one question at a time. Mm-hmm. Go through each book because I, I wanted to, to 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 get present the question exactly how you presented it to them, to myself. And um mm-hmm. like I said, the book is is, is is very, very good. You guys guys in the chat guys purchased this book it's on amazon actually the second edition just hit amazon uh crown rules Two: how black men love it's important i think it's important i i um when i was um working in education we were on the we were at the beginning point of starting um conversation groups for young women and young men and um i really saw this as a resource for them to use to have conversation it's important Women, I think as women, we we think that men don't have feelings because you don't understand how we feel. You don't feel like we do. But you you all, like I said, are intelligent, emotional, caring, loving beings. And I think we have to honor that, understand it and respect it. One one of the um one of the brothers, he put in the, he put in the book that what you asked about love. And, and this is this is profound what he said. He said, love doesn't keep records of your faults. Wow. It doesn't. It does. It really Ooh. doesn't. When I got to that piece, I was like, because <laughs> you know, we we be having a record like you did this on such and such date and such and such date. And I didn't say nothing because I didn't want to start nothing, you know, because we be keeping records. We I'm telling you, we be knowing, you know, when a person uh, ain't answer the phone, so <laughs> the record of all the faults in the like I said, those in the chat, one of the brothers said, love does keep a record of a person's faults. It, wow. it True love doesn't. True love doesn't. But the only time that it doesn't. I love you too, Dre. I see my big brother Andre said, love you, Sip. I love you too, Dre. Um, love doesn't keep a record of faults when there is an effort to heal and an act of forgiveness. You have to, you know, we're all, nobody's perfect. We're all gonna make faults. We're all gonna make mistakes. I think the only time that love cannot keep a record of wrongs is when we're able to acknowledge what we may have done, how that might have affected the other person and then make efforts to not do that again. Yeah. If if you show me that you, you care then how can I fault you for a mistake that you may have made? One of one of the thing, one of the other um, statements that the brother made was, was he didn't make he didn't make a statement, but he said that love 
was attention, attending, passionate, selection, possibility necessary. But before he said that, he had said, <laughs> he had said love was complicated. And I know when he said that, but that kind of took you aback. Uh, did he go? I didn't finish reading that part of what he was saying. Did he go into um, why he said love was complicated? I think, was that DT? Yeah. <laughs> that be him? <laughs> that was one, I think, of all of the interviews that I conducted, it was one of the most honest. He had gone through a lot. What he shared with me in terms of love being complicated was that he really did not, growing up, he did not have a role model. And so he said that in a sense, he was raised by the streets. Mm. And in being raised by the streets, there were, there were different ideas or approaches towards women that he was taught that really had nothing to do with love, but had to do with him winning uh, whatever he wanted in the moment. The moment that he met Kim, which is the person that he references in the book as his first example of love, he began to understand that a woman is not just a physical object, that can provide pleasure to him or that can provide um what is it called when you guys have a pretty lady on your arm and you're able to walk around not just <laughs> an arm trophy but could actually be a partner that can help you contribute in your development and the reason why he said it was complicated is because although he loved her in the process of being with her, he had to unlearn all of the things that he had learned from the streets. Mm. And by the time I think he was close to, you know, making his transformation, he had already made some mistakes that were, were, were difficult for her to f forgive. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was huh? interesting. That was interesting. He said complicated because uh, I believe that a lot of times, and now that you gave me some background of him, um, he had probably been in a situation where being, seeing that love, seeing it from afar and it coming, because it deals with uh, so much hurt from being, being raised in the street, that it, it always complicated what he was trying to uh, to do. Right. Whether he wanted to just hang out, you know, he was felt he probably felt as though he was getting too close to Kim as well. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other thing that he was mentioning, one of the things he said to me that really stuck with me and will never leave me, is that sometimes you will have love there. Someone will love you but you're not ready to receive that love or you're not ready to return that love or you're just not ready. And for whatever reason, it leaves you. And by the time that you are ready to love, it's not there. And it's not there, not only from that person, but you can't seem to find it from anywhere, from anywhere else. And so a lot of the conversation that he and I have was about, you know, just because you lost love doesn't mean you won't find it again. Mm. 
love should have brought you home last night. Well, what movie was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that is it's it's an interesting thing, and I, like I said, Jules, is that the book, you know, the, the your mind to get your mind to the point where you decided to make a book like this and really um get these 10 men to address these 13 questions. I mean, I'm quite sure that after you asked those questions, they probably redefined how they felt about those questions and it made them think about their past relationships. Because a lot of times, you know, a lot of people may say, oh, I forgive you. But then subconsciously, they don't even realize how bad they hurt that person. Or, or in other words, you may be like, "Oh, I forgave you," just to just to say you forgave the person, but you don't know how deep you might have hurt that person that may have loved you. Uh, you may even have loved that person, but you may have hurt them. I mean, and um, I, I like I said last week when we was talking about most of them outside of their mother, most of them was always talking about an ex relationship, um, something that you know. And even they said it was most of the time them that messed it up. So it's interesting that when you presented them with the question, they say, oh, my ex is the first person that I experienced love with or my first example of love. And 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 I think that's why the book is important, Quentin, right? Especially for the, the age group that you mentioned earlier is because we don't necessarily know how to do relationship all the time. And what the book allows you to do is not just possibly learn from others' mistakes, but it also allows you to understand, I think especially with this question, like what does love mean to you? It starts to get you thinking about, you know, what love does mean to you. And so if you have that awareness going into a relationship, of what your example of love is, what love means to you, then as you're bonding with somebody, you can be more attentive to that and not just falling into a relationship, which is what I talk about in the first book. A lot of us fall into relationship where I'm attracted to you, you're attracted to me. I like what you like. We do we do um, fun things together. The next thing you know, a few months have passed we we enjoy this time together but you know have we really discussed our values um our goals yes it's it's funny it's funny you brought that up because somebody um asked a question and you know it's election time so everybody's all crazy and they, they they said what happens if your mate um isn't equally yoked with you with election and i'm with with uh the vote or whatever with your candidate or your party right so I said to myself, I said, you know, I ain't trying to be funny. I know a lot of times on social media, people get real self-righteous. But people don't be asking about that when they date. That don't even be people's in people's mind. Like, not try, you know, not to take away from what we're discussing, but... It's true. People be having uh, half of a family, half of a relationship before they even start asking questions. Well, uh, you got life insurance? If that is even brought up, so I know that one well. We ain't asking about no, no, no uh, politics. I mean, I just think that, um, like you said, we we will lust and getting to meet somebody will take us into certain places that, like, um, we go in in the beginning, and it's like just that. And then when that minutiae wear off, you like, 
oh, I don't even know this person. And and I exactly. And I pulled up some some information to share tonight, uh, Quentin, about the initial the initial um, start of you know bonding. One of my goals is to like kind of make sure that we're organically connecting to each other and authentically connecting to each other. And what science shows is that when you're first interacting with that person that you're interested in a lot of what you're experiencing is biochemical reactions within your body. And, and it's like, um, there's testosterone for like, when that attraction and that passion and stuff is starting at the beginning, a man's testosterone level tends to drop. So he's like putty in a woman's hand. On the other hand, the testosterone levels in the woman begins to rise. So when she's like, so what we doing here? <laughs> That's testosterone <laughs> coming to the forefront. The other thing is that there's dopamine that mm -hmm. um, is, 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 is elevated in the brain. And the dopamine that's makes somebody you like to be addicted to the chase. <laughs> it gives you that sense of euphoria. And it also can be blinding because you're ex so excited about being with this person that you're really not getting into who that person is and then there's another chemical called oxytocin which comes from the intimacy the hugging the touching those kinds of things so those things elevate your your mood and your attraction and your liking for this person but those things can't stay at that high level forever as a matter of fact two years is usually the drop-off point if not sooner. I know so, that for those for those in the chat, you guys make sure you like um if you're on Facebook, make sure you like the show. You're on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe to the channel, and share as well. And um put the word out there that we're going over Jewel's book, uh Crown Rules Two, How Black Men Love, and we're on question two, which but it's the third episode of our show. So make sure you share with people and you don't have to be um single. You don't have to be in a relationship. You don't have to be married. You don't have to be unmarried. It's just uh, grown grown people having a conversation about Jules' book about um, how black men love. So make sure you share that and let people know, like, yo, we have a we have a mature chat um, every Thursday at nine o'clock. But one one of the things Jules did, um, I know that you had said yesterday when me and Shakita was doing the other show, and we gonna get we gonna get on this because you brought it up and you commented. Let's talk about that, the, um, the smells. And you was like, smells is energy. You know, this, this is, it, that's where it plays with that, uh, a dopamine. And it's like, yo, you be, you, as long as he or she smell good, you'd be like, you'd be blinded. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, personal story I, I dated a guy when I was in college who used to wear hill figure which was the the, the the scent back then and the 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 chemical component of that on him was ridiculous like I could smell him coming and long after we broke up I would still buy the hill figure and spray a little bit on my pillow because of the emotional comfort it gave me. <laughs> so, you know, huh? I said, let me see right now. The emotional comfort it gave me. And it was like, you know, I, I don't know if he's watching or not, but like, I really didn't even really like him. I just like the way that he smelled. <laughs> so, 
So, you know, it's important for us to understand that yes, we are, yes, we are human beings. Yes, we enter into relationship, but there are also all of these biochemical things that are happening in our body all of the time. And we need to be aware of what they are. And uh, most of them, when it comes to relationship, are attached to our libido or our sex drive. So when it comes to scent, first of all, a person's natural scent, their, their pheromones, can ignite certain feelings in you because that's the smell that you're attracted to. So even if they were nothing at all, just their natural scent can attract you to them. But then you add on the layer of a cologne that you like or a cologne that they like that heightens the level of attraction and that heightens the level of sex drive. So it's very important. Scent is very important. Yeah, my cousin, my cousin Rita, she says she can relate, but she ain't going to get into it because I'm, I'm going to she, take a hard pass again. But, but, but one, one person in the chat, I couldn't see who it was. They, they brought up something important. Yeah. You, they were talking about um the two years. And, you know, not only did you say that, I've heard that. And I've heard young ladies say, like, you know, I can't date nobody more than a year, yo, or 18 months because I get tired of them. And it's, it's because, you know, it's, you know, when you get older and you hear these statements, even though we probably lived like this when we were younger, you hear these statements, you'd be like, where they come? But this was a young lady who said it and she she's adamant. She's like, I can't. After two years, I get tired of him. Like, it's nothing he can do for me. I think the first thing is, number one, that the the initial attraction and what keeps it going for probably more than the six months to the 12 months are the ele elevated levels of um, the chemicals in our body, right? Especially if you don't see a person all the time. So imagine, imagine you're dating someone you see them on Friday, you have this, this, this gap in between and you see them the next Friday, the next time that you see them, those chemicals are elevated. So you get this sense that it's them that's making you happy when really it's the biochemical response in your body. And if you're not taking the time to get to know who that per person is, to understand what their love language is, because the love language is really outside of sex. How do I give you the affection and the attention that you need? Or if they're not trying to understand what it is that you need, then after a while, it's going to fizzle, fizzle out because you can't maintain those levels of, of biochemical reaction in the body. It just naturally doesn't happen. It, 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 um, it's important to bring you together, but it can't keep you together. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, you know, um, so we go back to what does love mean to you? So in the chat, I want you guys, like, um, we have started off the show with the question, and you guys in the chat have been great tonight. Um, your comments, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it keeps the show going. Um, we, put yes. them up, we put them up as well as when I see them. I try to ask Jules questions based off the comments. So I'm glad that everybody in the chat can, um, can relate. I know a lot of people are saying that the smells is like, <laughs> that that take people to another level. You know, I remember... Um, Back in the day, man, when they when Bed Bath and Beyond came out with that cucumber, <laughs> y'all don't understand because the women used to, that's for women, but men used to could smell that from a mile. We'd be like, "Yo, you got that cucumber, yo, that cucumber," and it, and it was a real distinct smell. You know, 
you know, I'm glad they stopped making it because it got a little crazy. But I think, I think, you know, what's funny about the smells, Jules? I, I really believe, like, if I don't know how many men literally go in Victoria's Secret. Um, I'm one of them guys that that when I used to go in the malls, I used to go in there a lot. I really think Victoria's Secret. Their smells be aphrodisiac. They are. They are. <laughs> they know, like, yo, they know they what's going to set you off. Like you, I think um, when I was younger, I'm into perfumes now, but when I was younger, Victoria's Secrets was the move. There's there's a scent there. They, um, as I said, the pheromones, they, they, they understand the chemistry that needs to be included in the scent to attract a man. It's real. Aromatherapy is real. And it doesn't, it's not just limited to candles or, you know, the scents thing that we um, may plug into our walls. It's about what you wear as well. And the, and the problem with that, like I said, sometimes it can, it can blind you to the reality of who you're interacting with because the scents, um, promote emotional responses when yeah. they when they say something's a relaxing scent it's because it helps to relax those aspects of your brain that might usually be heightened yeah that's it's interesting because i always try to say that all things relate to each other and the the the, the energy the spiritual connection the smells and all that's in in, in all that's in unison you got some uh some 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 serious trouble. I mean, like you said that you used to spray the stuff on your pillow. Just because. Listen, I'm quite sure myself <laughs> and people in the chat got some stories to tell. You know, we we probably done some very interesting things. Um, you know, I, I know, I know, I know. Some people used to say, uh, after he wear his shirt, I wear his shirt just to smell him in his shirt. Or after he give me a hug, I have his scent on me all day long. <laughs> and it's like the, the the scent, the scent provides different things. It provides Helena, connection. Helena, Helena huh? said, "Gray flannel is a kryptonite." It puts her all the way down. She's done. Knock done. you off your feet. We get the lead. <laughs> Great fennel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the the scents the scents provide a, a feeling of connection. They might provide comfort. They might provide security. They might provide um, heightened sexual desire. So scents are really important. Ma said. Ma said, if you break up. If you break up, sometimes you might not even want to smell that scent again. That's the other thing. That's the other thing, right? That that everything everything that we experience has the ability to influence our emotions. So if you can't stand a person and you smell something that smells like that person, get that away from me, please. <laughs> because there's memory connected to everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we... uh. We, we we good on time. Is there anything else, Jules? I mean, we we got on smells tonight, y'all, because you know we all <laughs> it's important. Like you said, that aromatherapy it goes all over. All that stuff is in tune. So, I what's think, next week's show? Let the audience know what next week's show is. Next week's show is. 
How do you show love? How do you show love? How do you show love? Yeah. And very interesting responses from my gen our gentlemen and different responses too. And and what I'm I'm looking to have our audience share with us in the chat is you know how do they show love as well? But like there are always different variances to things. For example, one person said quality time, right? But you have to understand what that means to them because mm -hmm. that person might spend time with you and you think they're spending that quality time with you, but that's not actually what it is. So you want to be clear on, you know, what people's definitions of things are. And don't, and don't just assume. And don't never assume, never so assume. Let the audience know how could they purchase the book, Jules, so they could, you know, they can read along with us. They can purchase the book for their, their, themselves they can purchase the book for their, their their males their mates their sons their brothers their their male friends their male co-workers yes uh, <laughs> Every social distances uh everybody that got these work husbands and you know all that other stuff <laughs> yeah you know, it's quite you for your work husbands too you know? yeah <laughs> so how could they purchase the book jules sure the book is available on amazon.com you can get a paperback which I have here, and you can also uh, purchase an ebook. And you can great. search by my name, Julia Dozier, or you can enter in Crown Rules 2 and it will come up for you. Great, great. Well, we look forward to next Thursday, 9 o'clock. Um, and remember, um, how do you show love? That's next week's show, you guys. With that, everybody in the chat, stay blessed. Have a great week. And um, if you're in the Northeast, uh, be mindful of this weather because it's, it's, it's rough out there right now. So be uh, be cautious and take care of yourself. And don't go outside unless you don't have to. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, everybody.